Welcome to the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. Each week, we'll lean in and learn together what it means to live it well. Yeah, and you're going to hear from some amazing inspirational leaders, mentors, and friends that have impacted our life on a personal level. Leaders like John Eldridge. You've got to know your story. What was it I once dreamed of? Suzanne Stabile. Once we can accept our difference, we can find what we hold in common. And Aaron Nequist. We want to be a community that doesn't just believe things about Jesus, but learns how to rearrange our lives to put his words into practice for the sake of the world. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Let's get started. Well, on today's episode, we have a really special guest, a friend of ours, Michelle Mitchell. Ms. Shaley is the best of the best of photographers. She's worked with so many incredible people. Sadie Robertson, Priscilla Shire, Christy Knuckles. And... Oh, and the, and the gravies. gravies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she and took the picture on our podcast cover. She, yes, her beautiful work is on the podcast graphic. As you'll hear us dive into her story and the heart behind what she does, she has an incredible gift to capture somebody's yeah. heart and soul through a picture. It really is a gift. Yeah, it's one of those people you meet and you go, oh my gosh, you were doing what you were born to do. And she's going to talk to us about her journey of stepping out of her corporate job, pushing past fear, and literally stepping into the thing that she was passionate about and wanted to see him come to life. And so I am so excited for everybody to hear this conversation. And the neat thing was, this is our, we went live <laughs> on location at Miss Shaley's house. Yes. First on location recording for the podcast. It's pretty awesome. It was pretty special. So... Michelle's also going to share with us a passion project, a thing that's really deep inside of her soul and it's making a huge impact. And yeah. I cannot wait for you guys to hear that. There's so much packed in this episode. Yep. So without further ado, here's our wonderful conversation from the beautiful house God is building. Here's Michelle. All right, guys, we are here in person with one of our favorite people on the planet. We're here with Michelle Mitchell. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to here with the gravies. Oh, <laughs> we have been so looking forward to hanging out with you and just yeah. having you share your story, the Thank adventures, you. some of the things God's been doing in your life. But um, I'm going to let you kind of step in and share who are you, what are you all about, share with our audience what's going on with Michelle and who you are. Well, my name is Michelle Mitchell. I am um, a photographer based out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, I'm a believer. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. All these things. Um, that's yeah, great. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And we're going to jump into the photography journey that okay. you've been on and following that calling and God bringing that dream to life in you. But before we jump into that, you have such a unique story. Would you just give us a glimpse into how you grew up and what led you to photography, to taking that leap? And yeah. then we'll jump into that. Yeah. Well, I always tell people if you would have asked me, um, I just turned 35. <laughs> um, Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Um, but it's funny, I have kind of a unique story because if you would have asked me even like 12 years ago, you know, Michelle, what will you be doing in, let's say, 15 years? Photography wasn't like even on my radar. Really? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I always loved photography and I grew up as a creative kid and loved the arts and mm -hmm. all those things. But yeah, photography you know, 12 years ago, Instagram and Facebook and all right. these, these social media platforms that we see weren't a thing. And grew up in a small town in South Arkansas, 18,000 people. So to be a photographer at that time felt like 
something so far out of reach. So that was not even on my radar. So I went to school for like counseling and psychology mm-hmm. and ended up, because of my love for people, I was studying like the counseling social work field and was really like headstrong going into that. Went to yeah. work on my master's at UT Arlington. And during that time, um, kind of had built the photography thing up as like a hobby and like slash side business. And um, I kind of got to a point to where it was growing and became something that was beyond, you know, my ability to handle like a full-time job and the photography. And so I jumped out full-time when I was 23, um, about to be 24, and took the leap to start this photography business that you see (laughs) now, which was like so unbelievably scary. Um, But it was something that was in my heart to do. Mm -hmm. You know, the Lord had blessed it. It had become a hobby um, that I, you know, I'd saved all my money when I was a senior in high school, all of my money up. I think it was like 300 bucks. Went to Walmart (laughs) and bought a film camera and just kind of poured everything into that and Mm -hmm. started doing as, you know, on the side. And uh, was I was basically asking people if I could take their picture. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. looking looking for people. I would stop families that I knew and, um, hey, do you need pictures of your kids? You need pictures of you know. Wow. And so, um, anyways, it just grew and grew and grew and ended up you know starting a kind of a part time business and couldn't handle both anymore. And so, kind of came to this like why in the road and I was either going to have to jump out and do it like do this thing yeah. or just choose to like continue in the at the time the eight to five like safe office job yeah. that was safe for me but I felt like in my heart there was so much more you know what I mean there's yeah. so much more to what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be and I had these dreams and they were big dreams for yeah. an Arkansas girl <laughs> you know I was yeah. out in the big city but but man just took the leap and with the Lord's help that was close to 12 years ago and um, there's been a lot of bumps in the road and a lot of scary things but a lot of victories and I've never looked back you know that's awesome so grateful I did it <laughs> we're so grateful, grateful too I know there's so many people Aww. that are grateful that you did it and it's such a blessing and I feel like you have such a gift to capture somebody's story in a picture yeah and you're such a great storyteller and you do that with your gift you know you. behind the camera and somehow you're able to really get into the soul of whoever you're taking pictures of. That's incredible. And it's such a clear gift. When you first had this dream, did it come so easy to you or were there some growing pains with it? Well, um, I always tell people the heart and soul part, I think did come easy to me. Mm -hmm. I think just because of how I'm wired and I think you can line, you know, 10 people up with a camera and you can teach the ISO and the aperture and what lens to use. Um, But I don't think you can teach the heart and soul part. I think that's a gift from the Lord. And so I always credit that to Him. But I've always been a feeler ever since I was little. I love the (laughs) art. I love music. I love things move me really easy. And so I think it flowed right into my photography. And I think, too... It's, it's interesting. I think we put God in a box a lot, and I tried to do that. So mm-hmm. at that time, for instance, I stressed myself out. Well, do I want to go counseling social work, or do I want to go photography, or do I want to go? Right. And when I surrendered that to the Lord and took the leap, I think He started. And I think we're all wired this way. He'll start kind of like merging and marrying all your gifts and talents and things. And so it's funny um, you saying like how I work with people in the heart and soul. 
well, that probably comes, that counseling social work love for people has flowed right into my ability to see in and capture a person's soul if you will or story and that's what make that's that's what the like I love that part of what I do that's what kind of keeps me going right there so so along the journey um was there somebody who kind of lent you courage and kind of said Michelle this is possible you can do this because uh, I know for us there's always people who have kind of cheered us on champions the way have you had anybody like that along the way for you absolutely yeah I've been blessed um, now that I look back and still currently just to be surrounded by I'm blessed that way you know and I can look back at just pivotal times where I needed that support needed that encouragement and I remember even saying to people like you know, when I first started, I haven't really always been the most secure and the most confident. The Lord's had to really work on that in me. And so he almost like positioned people around me to come alongside me and go, Hey, you got this, you know, the Lord in you, like you got this. But I remember telling people even, you know, it's funny, I say dream big, but I was saying like, if I could just book like three shoots a month, (laughs) You know, yeah. like like with my calculator, like calculating, okay, I can make enough money to just survive, you know, that, that sort of thing. And people are like, Michelle, you got this, like you're gifted. And, and you know, there are people that, who kind of their words hold a little bit more weight. Right. Um, but when I was right around this time, I went to step out and I had bought this film camera. There was a guy from Louisiana Tech that worked in the journalism department. He was super gifted, and I kind of honestly kind of like idolized him. Mm-hmm. And um, I had worked on this little <laughs> like rinky-dink portfolio, and uh, this was 12 years ago, so I had like taken pictures and printed them out and put them in this portfolio, and it's kind of like my little like a folder. possession. Yeah. Like a folder. <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy to even yeah. say that. Like I was carrying around like a resume, you know. Yeah. And so just hanging out one day, you know, looking through my... Uh, my picture and he happened to pass by and he looked down and he was like did you take these and I was like yeah you know and he goes and Shelly I really think you have a gift can I see that and he mm-hmm. looked through them and he kind of called out some things and he really this this like story here I see this and this so it just kind of planted this seed in me of man, I think I can actually like step out. There may be something here. Mm -hmm. And so I do, I credit a lot of people's love and just encouragement along the way. I don't think I would be where I am. I know I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for people in my life that encouraged and loved me through some really big bumps in the road. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that kind of leads into my next question because anytime we step out in faith Mm -hmm. in obedience to God, there's bumps along the way, right? And I know this hasn't been a completely blissful path for you. Right. What were some of those bumps you hit and how did you keep going and overcome when the obstacles came? Yeah. Well, in my career, um, I mean, to build a photography business from the ground up is very multifaceted. A lot of people don't realize that. They think you just go and like take a camera and point and shoot. Especially 12 years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, But there are a lot of things that, you know, I've had to work on. Like I'm not wired to be, you know, full on business person. I'm not (laughs) wired, you know, I'm creative. And so there are all these things. And so I learned by, and I don't recommend this to people. (laughs) I learned, you know, several things in the business, several things in photography and the shooting part. I mean, I learned by trial and error, Mm -hmm. which created some bumps in the beginning. So like I said, I don't really recommend that. I recommend now hindsight, come up underneath someone, be mentored, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, there were a lot of 
shoots that I tell people early on, I had no idea what I was doing. You know what I mean? Early on, like, uh, especially the first few years of shooting, I was shooting some events that, thank the Lord, worked out, but probably shouldn't have been shooting them at the time. But yeah, just business-wise, there have been a lot of months that I had to trust the Lord for income and that He was going to provide shoots for me. And because I've had to build the business from ground up. And so building, you know, Instagram and a Facebook and the whole word of mouth thing and keeping good um, relationships are huge to me. So relationships with my clients and, you know, things like that. It's just been a journey. Mm -hmm. So like any other business, it hasn't been all roses you know there's been some really really hard times and and bumps so yeah I think the thing that um I don't know if our audience will fully grasp until maybe they go see your yeah Instagram page or the different shoots that you've been a part of like God has really gifted you he's opened up some doors for you to shoot for some amazing people you know I know I get the end of the day I know they're people but people who have a lot of influence in um, multiple different spaces. And I think that's just such a neat thing. And you touched on it briefly there, but I really want to make sure that we package it well to, if someone's listening and they're like, I want to be a photographer. I've got the same seed and the same dream in me that Michelle has. And I'm sitting in a cubicle at some university and I want to step out. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned a little bit, but give us kind of the, if I was Michelle and I was starting today, what would you do? Um, If I was Michelle and I was starting today, I would be more aggressive about reaching out to people that I admired and Mm -hmm. getting up underneath someone that had a heart to mentor and had a gift. Um, That was, I think, where I went wrong in the very, very beginning was kind of just, I think jumping out was right because I I knew what I felt. And if I didn't do it, I think I would have, I mean, there's no telling what. You know, looking back now, I'm thinking, what would my life have been like if I hadn't jumped out? But, yeah. um, but I always recommend one thing I say is is use wisdom. You know, I I covered it in prayer. I didn't just like you know jump out. I had a, a very secure job at the time, so I didn't just like have this feeling and go, you know what, I'm just gonna yeah. jump out. Yeah. But I started working really. I got serious about it, and I started mm-hmm. working really hard toward this goal. So. There were some sacrifices that had to be made, money and time. I saved my money. I bought this camera. Um, I started reaching out to people, got out of my comfort zone and started, you know, it was like, it took some humbling to go around with a little camera and go with all the other big photographers out at the time. And like I said, you know, the Lord's helped me with confidence over time. But man, it was a big jump for me to go around to friends and go, hey, I think I'm starting this like business that's photography business type thing. And they were like, okay, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I always recommend just getting serious about it. If it's really, really something you want to do, it's going to take sacrifice. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of, um, I mean, I like got online and studied and YouTubed and a lot of free shoots and then getting up underneath someone that knows what they're doing and there are people out there that are willing you know yeah to like teach and mentor even if you could meet with someone there was a girl um in the dallas area when i was first learning her name is lauren larson i'll go ahead and give her credit she's Mm -hmm. amazing and she was about five or six years ahead of me and still to this day i adore her work i mean she is such an artist at heart and i would write her like on my space okay <laughs> like yeah let's just go back let's take a time yeah out. let's just take a moment and uh so reached out on my space okay like you can't get more humiliating you know <laughs> like ultimate 
humble. So I, I wrote her and told her how much I loved her work and felt so, I mean, not it's insecure, humbling. but just, yeah, yeah like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not a photographer yet, but I really feel like I have a gift, I think. And like, would you be willing to meet me for coffee? She instantly writes me back. Absolutely. Would love to talk to you. And, um, she really, really encouraged me those first, I'd say the whole first year. I mean, I just idolized her and loved her work and loved talking to her. And again, her words held weight because of who she was and what she did. Yeah. And she saw a gift. And um, so, and on the hard days, I would call her. You know, I wanted to quit like every other day. <laughs> and um, my poor roommate, seriously, like walking in the apartment crying, like, I'm, you know, I'm the worst at this. There are so many other photographers. You know, I've had to really like wade through those waters, you know, mm-hmm. through the years. Because now, you know, 12 years in, I'm a little bit more, a little bit more confident and secure in what the Lord's called me to do and who I am. And I'm walking in that. But there's been a lot of like years of not being so secure and comparing myself and every day scrolling through Instagram going, man, I'm not that great of a photographer. <laughs> just look at this person, you know? Right. So yeah. it's just been a journey. So I just, that's what I would tell people is um, get serious about it if you think you have a gift. Yeah. If you know that's something the Lord's put in you, um, it's going to take sacrifice and time, you know, time and money and those things and then get underneath people that can pour into you and help you, you know, don't try to do it on your own. Yeah, that's huge. So, yeah, that's huge. Michelle, you just mentioned something I wanted to touch on really quick. You, you're talking about God building confidence in you mm-hmm. over the years. And it takes a lot of courage to jump out of a safe job yeah. that's totally secure and yeah. set and jump out and do something that's brand new that you've never done before. Yeah. That takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of courage for you to step out from behind the camera right now. Yeah, absolutely. And sit across the table it's a with new us thing. Yeah, it's share a new thing. the story behind who you are. Yeah. So how does that come naturally to you? Are you just a naturally courageous person? I wouldn't say I'm naturally courageous. No. It's funny in some ways, like things have come easy to me and in those I'm, you know, but this whole, like even saying this new thing of kind of stepping out, Lord's calling me. I feel like I'm in a season of stepping out from behind the camera a little bit more mm-hmm. and um, opening up my soul and my story to people and I'm leaning 110% on him because that in Michelle's flesh doesn't come natural at all no behind the camera I just said like felt like the Lord gave me the gift I'm just you know whatever but that capturing stories and stuff comes a little bit more easy to me so but I think you know we live a life of seasons and the Lord constantly calls us out of the boat Yes. And um, and that's part of faith, and it's part of how it grows, grows us and stretches us. And so I'm kind of on a water-walking season right now where I'm stepping out on the boat again and yeah. trusting Him again. And He's proving Himself time and time again and building that confidence in me yeah. and proving Himself every single day. You know, every, yeah. I always tell people every single pivotal moment on the other side of this scary, kind of like I'm going through right now, you know, out yeah. of obedience, there's this major breakthrough and blessing yeah you know yes so so speaking of that like we talked a little bit about before the podcast and I, I think this is one of the things we don't necessarily talk a lot when we step out of a secure job we step mm-hmm. into a dream is this place of going there's a real reality of bills <laughs> and yeah. the, the ripple effect that happens and so I know we talked a little bit before we went on air here. Um, talk to me about this whole idea, this journey of you learning and understanding the provision in the hand of God yeah. is the one that's going to take care of you. Yeah. Well, um, I'll just say, I mean, I know my journey is not the same as everyone else's, but just personally speaking, whenever I grew up, um, 
tragedy hit my family when I was 12, you know, my parents divorced and I learned really quickly what money struggles looked like and what it looked like in our home to, you know, struggle for the next bill and trust God for, you know. And so um, I I will say, like, I kind of carried that fear, I think, Mm -hmm. into my, like, bled into my identity and I carried it into my adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so jumping out of a secure job, I really came face to face with that fear of like, okay, like you said, like, okay, this is reality. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about this thing my whole life, but now God's calling me out on the water and I'm not secure here. My confidence really isn't totally in him like I thought it was because I'm struggling here. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, you're gonna have to provide. But I always say when the Lord stretches us, it's because he loves us and he's gonna prove himself in that place. You know, and so it's so cool because this journey of stretching and this water walking thing and like, and I'm talking like, I've been very open about my struggle with like anxiety and fear and all those things in the past. I was up at night. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just saying like I was, you know, I had a little fear, like I was scared. <laughs> and I'm just whatever. Like, I'm talking like sick mm-hmm. up at night. Like, Lord, you got to come through. Like, mm-hmm. I've stepped out here and. I've got to see your hand. Like, you've got to prove. And I know you said you were my provider, and I'm trusting you. And it's been so cool because, you know, I talk about 1 Peter 5.10. It says, after you've suffered a little while, the Lord will establish you. The Lord himself will establish you, strengthen you, and put you on a firm foundation. And I feel like that's what he's doing is all those areas of fear and anxiety and places where, I didn't even realize I was shaky mm-hmm. or I doubted him out of love. Mm-hmm. He's called me out of the boat and he's going, I'm going to provide for you. And in those times, he's always provided. And now, like, I always tell people, I'm like, I love him so much. And I've learned mm-hmm. about him and I'm growing and he's proven himself. And so that's been one of the biggest journeys, I'd say, of me jumping out in this photography thing with the Lord is it hasn't been easy. There's been sleepless nights, but the Lord has always proved Himself as my provider. You know, I've never gone without. Yeah, I've never, and it's only like He's only, in the long run, at the end, blessed. Yeah, and the story is so much better than I would have ever written for myself. You know, so good. So. I love that you mentioned before that God is always calling us out out of the boat again. And I love that he's always up to something new. Mm -hmm. If we'll have eyes to see it, he's always doing something new. So tell us about the new thing that God's (laughs) doing in you after this 12-year journey. Yeah. You're out on the water again. Yeah. Well, speaking of new, yeah, I always tell people, don't put God in a box. Yes. Because I say, you know, my story is unique, but I... You know, people used to ask me, what do you want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, and I would stress about, okay, I don't know if I want to be like a speaker, if I want to be a counselor, if I want to be a, you know, we put God in these boxes that we create. But now at 35, I would have never said I was going to be a photographer. I would have never, ever said I was going to buy an 1886 farmhouse and fix it up and restore it. And it was going to somehow tell the story of like Jesus and restoration. Mm-hmm. But he saw that. You know, and so it's a new thing that he's doing, and I'm right on the beginning, like, I think the brink of something that he's doing, and so it's it's a journey for me, and it's a ride for me, you know, people ask me, what's going on? I'm like, I don't even know, like, mm-hmm. all that God's doing. I just know that he's doing something new, mm-hmm. and 
because of the photography journey in hindsight and how he's proven himself, I know now in the house journey, it's new and I'm out again on the water, but I can trust him 100% with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a new thing for me too, Yeah, <laughs> along, along with everybody else. Yeah. So, so how did it begin? How'd you first start this the house, house journey. journey? Yeah. Well, um, I there's like a hashtag, right? Yeah, <laughs> there's like a, a hashtag app. which yeah. came out of the blue too. That wasn't planned either. But the first post I ever did when I closed on the home, because it was a fixer upper, it was an 1886 farmhouse. I hashtagged a house God is building because I had walked the property and I was looking at the ruins and the brokenness and thinking, Lord, you have to do this because. I don't have the money and I don't have the time and I don't have any of the resources, but I feel like this is something, and it was such a mystery to me that I felt like he was calling me to do. Yeah. Like this house thing was something of him. And you I had, had no idea why. actual dream, like a literal dream. I did. So. Not just like a dream in your heart, an actual go to sleep dream. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of crazy. So I was shooting a wedding in Austin in the hill country. And I had driven out to this little Airbnb the night of December 2nd. And at the time, I wasn't even house hunting yet. So I had no idea, like, this house even existed. Um, But got out to the Airbnb. It was out in the hill country, so there was absolutely no reception. Ended up going to bed early. And in the middle of the night, I had this dream. And um, when I had the dream, I was actually back in my hometown So it was the home I grew up in, in South Arkansas. So I was on this street where I lived when my parents divorced when I was 12. So in the dream, I come up on this stop sign, I take a right at the stop sign, and I'm approaching this lot of this house that I used to live in. And this house for me, and I think we all have these like quote houses in our lives, but it housed my worst memories and it just it was symbolic of a lot of pain and a lot of loss and a lot of abandonment and abuse and rejection and a lot of darkness and so um anyways in the dream i like walked closer to the lot and as i got closer i get right to the sidewalk and i look up and the house on the lot that I grew up in was completely gone. It had been bulldozed down and the lot was empty. So I keep walking and all of a sudden I, I look again and there's this brand new house that's like coming up on the lot. And when I got closer, it was actually like my dream home. It was like my Ephesians 320, all these things in my heart that I love, you know, the white house with the mm-hmm. natural light. As a photographer, that's like everything. <laughs> right. These huge windows and these big arches and everything. So I get up and uh, there's a man working on the windows. There's a man working on the roof. And there's a man working on the porch. And as I got closer, the man working on the porch just like was hammering one of the beams. And he like turns around and looks at me and he just smiles and waves. I kind of look at him and smile and wave. And I woke up. And at the time, I was not house hunting, but I, I was so significant to me. And I, that's not happened to me really in my life, like a dream like that. Yeah. But I knew it meant something for me, and I began to write about it. And I started writing about the word restoration and all things new. Yeah. And how the Lord started speaking to me. At the time, I just thought it was about me. Like the house was me. Like all that old Michelle is completely gone mm-hmm. and all things are new. And I'm about to do something in your life that's in Ephesians 3.20 that you could have never dreamed up or imagined yourself. And um, in the dream, like I said, these men are working. So I didn't know if the men, and I'm still kind of praying about this, you know, were they symbolic of community, which I think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. Was it Father, Son, Holy Spirit rebuilding this house? 
So I'm watching this and wake up and I just start writing. And uh, the Lord starts speaking to me about freedom and restoration in my personal life. And I just get this like fresh wind that he's about to do something brand new. So I have the dream. I'm writing about this personal journey and I have the dream. Well, I decide a month later to start house hunting and I get connected to a great She's now a great friend, but a realtor from my church who's a believer. She's an amazing woman of God. And we sit at White Rhino Coffee, and I share with her about, like, my journey and even about the dream I had. And she's like, let's go house hunting. And so, anyways, long story short, this all just began to unfold supernaturally. And uh, we actually, there was one other house I looked at between this house and the meeting with her and um, had my heart set on it and it ended up like completely falling through and the inspection was bad and I was so devastated because Mm -hmm. I thought it was just so the one but um, then this one comes along I'm out in Nashville Tennessee and she calls me she's like Michelle I think I found the house and she sends me a picture of it and it's so similar to the actual one in my dream I had written about it the porch was offset to the left arches beams yeah um, all white so anyways it's just been like a crazy crazy journey one unlike any other I've ever been on yeah it's amazing so it's 1886 1886 yeah when I was born it was like a hundred years old it's already like it had already been here for a hundred years and it's incredible I mean thank you clearly you have a gift for this as well it's just amazing so what does restoration mean to you you know clearly this is something that's resonating with people who are following along with this journey with you what does restoration mean to you um well restoration to me means through christ that no matter what's broken no matter what's been abandoned or lost or any of the you know any of those things fill in the blank that we all deal with it can be made new and restored in christ Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've resonated with the house so much because I feel like with each room, it's telling a little bit of my story, yeah. you know, um, how Christ can take the most broke down, broken places and pieces and mm-hmm. pour his love and care into it and rebuild it into like a masterpiece, you know. Yeah. Um, and so and I think restoration is all of our stories, you know, Absolutely. they all look different. Yeah. But when it gets down to the core, to the nitty gritty, we all have a story. Of restoration for sure we all need to be restored absolutely yeah i love it you you know wearing a shirt right now that says restored. Uh, yeah so, i know it's, it's so great um i, I want to take a second and you know it's been neat to hear your story and and know personally your story of how god's done so much in you in your career he's given you the confidence and and you know he's given you that courage to do that in this new season this new journey that you're on of being restored what would you say some of the biggest places in your heart and life that God is is restoring and working inside of you? Um, well, there's the list was long. <laughs> um, well, because of my story growing up, you know, I share about being 12, and that's a pivotal age, and going through a lot of trauma and tragedy at home. Uh, I always say, like, I feel like almost like the rug. I was the oldest of three kids, and I feel like the rug was just ripped out from under me. And really, truly, I think the enemy came at me early. And I think one of the biggest things, because I think a lot is wrapped into this, but just I think the the rug of just my identity was just ripped out from under me at that time. And because of that, 
I carried a lot of mistrust, fear, anxiety, all those cousins <laughs> that yeah. dwell together, yeah. you know, because um, yeah. I think a lot of those are just tied into your identity, you know, yeah. and what your trust is in and who your identity is really in. Mm-hmm. But I carried a lot of those into adulthood and um, served the Lord and loved the Lord, but struggled really, really, really deeply with um, some anxiety and fear and mistrust with people. Uh, that led to, during certain seasons of my life, really deep depression, a lot of shame and, and things like that from things I went through and carried silently for a long time. And so it's been really cool because as I've worked on this home, and I think the Lord uses all kinds of things for all kinds of people, but like I said in the dream, the Holy Spirit spoke the language of my heart. And within each room, it's almost like the Lord's been like, you know, Michelle, we're gonna go into this room of anxiety and we're gonna gut this thing together. I'm with you now, and we're gonna gut this this room of anxiety and fear, and I'm gonna replace it with my strength and your confidence being in me now, and um, we're gonna bring some beauty from this pain, you know, and then we'll go into another room, and it's like this room of shame where I have to face things, and I have to, you know, and he's calling me to gut that room, and it's not always easy, you know. I tell people it's like kind of, kind of like the house, like real work spiritually is not always easy. Right. You got to go to some places that you don't want to go to, and but the Lord always proves Himself faithful. And I've learned, you know, one of the things, the big messages that He spoke into my heart is, I've always been there. I've always been in these rooms with you. Mm-hmm. So. Um, just embracing that and letting him come in and just gut those places and like first Peter 510 reestablish me and restore me and put me on a firm foundation Mm -hmm. that's so So. good I think for me you know I got to experience some pretty hard stuff at a young age too Mm -hmm. when my parents got divorced Mm -hmm. and um, I was the oldest yeah and uh, I don't know, I just, I'm just i just so curious. I'm sure there's people that are listening who maybe walked through that. And even as a kid, you don't realize as the oldest child in the midst of that, that you're like trying to, fi- you're trying to be strong mm-hmm. and trying to figure it out. And I'm trying to protect. Protect Absolutely. the whole thing Absolutely. or whatever, you know. Yeah. How's that fleshed out for you as an oldest child? Oh, it's big for me. What's yeah. that look like for you through the years? It's funny because in like the counseling psychology classes, we would read about birth order. I don't mm-hmm. know if people have yeah. read about that, but that is, it was right on the money, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, yeah, being the firstborn, I always sought out to protect and felt overly responsible and felt like an adult since I was like four. I mean, there's like stories of me. It's funny. Like I've always just been like the little adult. And I think because of, the brokenness our family was experiencing. Unfortunately, that role just got kind of pushed off on me. So I made a lot of inner vows that I had to break of like, no matter what, I'm gonna protect, you know, my brother and sister, no matter what, I'm gonna protect myself, Mm -hmm. you know? And that created some problems, you know, when I got older and I talk about the anxiety and stuff, you know, it was just false responsibility. It was responsibility I shouldn't be carrying. And it was things I should be casting on the Lord that I just, just learned behavior. I just carried into adulthood and I was the super responsible perfectionist that had to perform. Mm. And God just broke that right off of me, you know, out of love, you know, because he didn't want me to carry that. And uh, through some really hard things, I was just 
I was broken and thank the Lord he's freed me from that mentality. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now I'm able to lean on him. That's so huge. He's restoring. So, yeah, so cool. he's restoring. That's so cool. He's yeah. restoring. I am so curious as people follow along this journey with you, mm-hmm. have you heard any stories yet coming in of other people who are resonating and have their own story oh of restoration? Oh my word, I have been blown away, like absolutely blown away at stepping out of this boat and just by me, you know, sharing my story, other people writing me and filling my inbox of like, you know, it's always funny to me too to share and to hear how the Holy Spirit uses certain parts to reach. You can have the same message and reach so many people in different ways. But I was raised in a charismatic upbringing. And while I do believe in the Lord's sovereignty that He can miraculously do whatever He wants to at any moment and He can heal physically, emotionally, Mm -hmm. whatever He wants to do, a lot of people I know and in my life has been a process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a journey of restoration of like steps and him meeting me and restoring me and putting me on a firm foundation. And a lot of people have written me about that and how something about my message is resonating with them because they didn't get overnight healing mm-hmm. and they've walked this thing out with God and they're wrestling currently this thing out with God. and. It's kind of brought freedom, I think, in that way. And I'm hoping to bring freedom to even people that struggle with, like, I've had people write me about carrying burdens and not going to a counselor because of the stigma. And I'm like, be free. (laughs) Like, go get help and talk to a Christian counselor or someone that, a pastor or um, a godly friend or, you know, so I'm hoping to really, I hope the message brings freedom in that way yeah. to not walk alone. And that it's okay if you're on a restoration journey and you, you know, the Lord has you on a process, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. the thing I love about the word and always loved about the word restoration is at the front is the word rest. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. You know, that he finally gives you rest mm. as he restores you. You're able to rest and find peace of your soul and become a new person and that you can finally lay your head on a pillow or sit in a chair and be at peace. Mm, that's so good. And so that's I sweet. love So good. I have never well. actually like seen that, but yeah, that's so yeah. good. You can keep it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tweet it today and I'll yes. give you cred. <laughs> no, I just, I've always that's like, good, I, I always just, I think like that, that's what's going to happen is you become restored, you begin to rest. And it's so funny that you're saying that because I haven't seen that before, but I've said that so many times mm. to people about this process is I feel like I'm in a new season of rest, mm. like a newness of like God's restoring that mm-hmm. trust in him and that, and I'm resting more than I ever have, like in my soul, right. you know, yes. like not even physically, but mm. there's like a soul rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I love that. That is that. great. It's good. That's very cool. Oh, this has been such a blast, Michelle. Oh, it's been an honor for me. We love being here with you. We like to close out the show every time by asking three questions. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. All right. Uh, what's a book that's changed your life? What's a habit that's changed your life? And what advice would you give to the younger Michelle? All right. We'll start out with the book, yeah. you said. A lot of books through different seasons that have blessed me and touched you know my heart but the book to be told uh, by dan allender kind of flows right into 
our podcast today, but I recommend it to everyone. To be told. To be okay. told. And it's about, basically the tagline is God invites you to co-author your future. But yeah, I'm reading a dear friend of mine, Sarah Haggerty, who's an amazing writer herself, sent it to me in the mail. And she's just like, you have to read this book. And so, yeah, reading it through this story of the home has resonated with me so much. And it's been very life-changing for me. So I recommend awesome. it to everyone. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right, what's a habit that's changed your life? A habit that has changed my life is making time every single day, even if it's like 10 minutes, 5 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, but every single day at some point getting in the Word. Mm -hmm. That's changed my life more than any other habit I've ever taken on. That's so good. Love it. All right, and lastly, if you ponied up next to, got comfortable with a younger Michelle. What, what would you tell her? <laughs> I'd tell her a lot. <laughs> Try to help her. Um, no, I would tell her that, uh, and Jen and I, we kind of talked about this at coffee, but life is going to look different than you think it's going to look. Yeah. And you're going to pray about a lot of things that don't seem to pan out the way you think they're going to pan out. But trust above all else number one god loves you he's always out for your best interests and he's always true to his word so that's so beautiful i love it <laughs> well it's amazing to be on site and sit in this beautiful house <laughs> 1886 for yeah thanks for coming i know there's a ton of people out there i mean i'm sure most people are already following you but if someone doesn't know who in the world you are how do they find you how do they follow you how do they follow this journey that you're on Right. Well, in all things, I have one of those weird, unique names where I can <laughs> <laughs> luckily go by just my first name. So on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, I'm pretty active on all three, mainly Instagram, but it's just at Michelle, and you spell it M-E-S-H-A-L-I. We'll link to all that in the show notes. Michelle, thank you. Thank you so much for Thanks sharing so your story much. and doing this. You did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Well, y'all, that's Michelle Mitchell right there. <laughs> You're going to be talking like this all week. All she's week so long. sweet. <laughs> I love her accent. Love oh, it. Oh, man. She's so much fun. Guys, make sure you go follow Michelle. Look her up and then have her take pictures for you. She is so good. She also has some of my favorite sweatshirts right now. Really cool shirts. They um, say the word restoration on it, and it actually has a really cool sketch of the house God is building on one of the sweatshirts. So you can check all of that out at Michelle.co. And we'll put all these links in the show notes for today's episode over at our website, letsliveitwell.com. Thank you again so much for listening. We're going to close this out like we do every single time. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it it well. well.